everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, downloading this, and giving it a listen. Today, we're going to be diving into something that all of us will have to face at some point or another, and that is this idea of making choices. And so the title for today is Choices, Choices, Choices. If you are new to our podcast, welcome. Uh, We release this every Tuesday. And uh, the point of this is just to spend some time, 15, 20 minutes together, uh, over a a cup of coffee or tea or hot chocolate or perhaps in your car on your way to work or to drop the kids off or pick them up. And we just want to talk about something, anything that helps us become more like Jesus. And so what we do is we dive into the scriptures and we unpack a single thought that hopefully we can meditate on during the rest of the week. So today, uh, subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you find yourself on. And uh, let's dive into today's session. Again, we're talking about choices, choices, choices. Well, why do we need to speak into this? The reality is the choices we make will determine who we become and the life we live. Every choice we will ever make will have consequences. And we then have to live with those consequences. We have to take responsibility for our choices. And in our world where taking responsibility and being accountable is not so popular, maybe maybe this is something we need a little bit of help with. Not just the choices we make, but the consequences we live with. So I wanna have a look at a couple of choices that you and I have, that we make. Um, And to dive into this, I want to unpack a psalm of David. It's Psalm 101, verse 1 to 8. And out of this, we'll see David making a number of choices. And we'll unpack it straight after the scripture. So from verse 1, Psalm 101, David writes this. I will sing of the steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. I will look with favor on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Morning by morning, I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. Now, this is um, an incredible passage. And, and in here, we see David is intentional about the choices he makes. He, 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 he speaks into specific areas. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break this down And uh, we are going to speak about the choices we need to make in each of these situations. Number one, the first choice he he makes is his praise. He says, I will sing about who God is and what he does in my life. Another way you can look at it is he chooses an anthem. He chooses a playlist for his life. And he chooses it in, in terms of who he's worshiping. So the first question is, have you chosen the object of your life's praise? Do you know who your life is declaring is God? Have you chosen who is going to be the object of your life's anthem? Who is God in your life? What does the praise in your life sound like? This is important because who we worship defines everything. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but what does your life sing about? If your life was a song, who would it be about? What would it be about? What would the melody be? What would the... The words, the lyrics, what would they all be? Does your life elevate yourself, your spouse, 
Or does it declare the glory of God, the goodness and grace of God? Can we echo what David says? I have chosen to sing about your justice, your goodness. And so the first choice is, what have you chosen to sing about? The second one, in in different way, he mentions this and he says this in different ways. But he, he the second one is he chooses what he will ponder on. In other words, David is consciously choosing what his mind is going to meditate on, focus on. He doesn't delegate that choice or try and live in ignorance here. He does. He, he chooses what gets to occupy his mind. He doesn't just go, oh, well, the thought came, I may as well focus on it. No, he's intentional about focusing on what he's thinking about. He is thinking about what he's thinking about. Often we have things in our minds that either have little or no value or thoughts that are actually destructive. Thoughts pop into our minds and before we realize it, we've pondered on them, meditated on them, and we've gone down rabbit holes. I love the analogy of trains. Our mind is like a train station, and we can't always control which trains pull in, but we can control which trains we allow to disembark. There are thoughts that may come into your mind that are negative. You don't have to dwell on them. You don't have to ponder on them. You can let them just pass on. This obviously takes practice and discipline, but we get to choose what we think about, and letting every thought become a ponderance is also a choice. A great resource in this space is Caroline Leaf's works. And I would encourage you to get hold of Caroline Leaf's books. And uh, she really talks about the science behind this and some good practices in order to uh, develop this choosing what you're thinking about. The third thing is David chooses his character. He, He says this, I will walk in integrity. I like to think of integrity as who you are when no one is watching and who you are when everyone is watching. Sometimes we just look at half of that, but it's who you are when no one is watching and who you are when everyone is watching. Who you are in these two scenarios should be the same. You may have to uh, behave slightly differently according to the context, but who you are should remain the same. Who you are is consistent. I wonder if you've ever thought about who you want to be. Not a vocation, not a job, not titles, possessions, not that. Who do you want to be in terms of character? Have you ever asked that question? What kind of person do I want to become? Not what title, not what position, not what accolades. What kind of person? Who do you want to be remembered as? Are you going to be remembered for your integrity? Obviously, as a pastor, I have the privilege of being invited into many people's worst scenarios when they have to bury a loved one, the funerals, memorials. And it's amazing to see how people are remembered. Very rarely are people remembered for their titles. Often people are remembered for their character. Perhaps there is a another character trait that to you is something worth being remembered for. Maybe it's not integrity. and Maybe you, you, you value integrity, but perhaps there are others. Perhaps there's a number that you want to be remembered for. Perhaps you want to be remembered as generous or knowledgeable, faithful, Whatever the character trait is, we get to choose it. This is not something you blame on your upbringing or your environment. We choose the kind of person we are. And then through that choice, we live out those values. And so number three, choose your character. Hope this is encouraging you. Number four is he chooses his focus and his visual diet. The next thing that he says is, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. He's essentially saying that he is going to be intentional. He is going to choose what will fill his vision and what his visual diet will be. 
in our world, we live uh, in, a, in a situation, a circumstance where we are bombarded with images, adverts, signposts, uh, social media. Our eyes are subjected to more images and things to see than any other previous generation. We are all, also, if you think about social media, we are fed algorithms, uh, fed images based on some algorithm. So we don't even get to choose what comes next up in our feed. It's developed by some algorithm. So again, like our thoughts, we can't always choose what we see, but we can choose what we look at twice. We can choose what we consume in our eyes. We can choose, we can't choose what's put on the plate, but we can choose what we digest. We choose what we allow our eyes to dwell on. This is important because in some mysterious way, there is a direct connection between our eyes and our hearts. You know this. You can get your heart set on something that you've seen, and it's so difficult to break that connection. And often what we spend the most time looking at becomes the thing we most desire. So what is your focus? What is your, your visual diet consist of? Number five, he chooses his opposition. David is very clear about what he opposes. He says he opposes the perverse. He chooses to stand on the opposite side of certain things, people who are evil, that kind of thing. And, and God equally has chosen side on certain things. God says, for instance, that he opposes the proud. Now, often we can overdo this and we can uh, be known for what we oppose because we oppose everything and anything that comes to us from culture. However, there are some things I believe we need to stand against. And again, I think we can't blame culture for this. We this is a choice we have to make. I'm not going to tell you what you have to stand against, but do you know what you're opposed to? What you won't tolerate? What is it that if someone says in a conversation, you will not tolerate that conversation? Do you know things that if they get spoken about or practiced in your presence that you will not tolerate? What have you chosen to stand on the other side of your opposition? And then lastly, he chooses who he is for. So not only does he choose his opposition, he chooses his allies, who he's going to partner with. He chooses who he will associate with and, and who gets to speak into his life. I love that he says that the only certain people can minister to him. He chooses which voices in his world get to have access to him. Again, this is an important choice and we have to take responsibility for it. Have we chosen who gets to be in our inner circle? Who gets to be a dominant voice in our world? So there, in, in a short psalm, in a very short space, David says he has chosen six things. He's chosen his praise, his thoughts, his pondering, his character, his visual diet, his opposition, and his inner circle. Like so much in Scripture, these are not isolated issues. They're all interconnected. Sometimes what we can do is, okay, I'll first work on my praise, then I'll work on my thoughts. And that's not how life works. You know this. I know this. They're all interconnected. Our character is connected to our visual diet. Our, our praise is connected to who we allow to minister to us. Now, I know, so it, we're not saying take these as isolated things. They all work together. But imagine just for a moment, if you could, just for the next day, next two days, the next week, if you could begin to consciously choose these, these, these six things in your life. Imagine if for one day you made a conscious choice of who you were going to praise, what you were going to think about, what kind of character traits you were going to display, what you were going to allow to take space in your visual diet, what you were going to stand against, and who you were going to allow to speak into your life. Imagine just for 24 hours what your life might look like if you consciously chose those six things. 
I think for many of us, we've never gone through a time when we've chosen those things. What might the consequences be of a life where each of those things are consciously decided on? And, and my prayer for you as you listen to this, as you begin to reflect on this, is that you would go, even if it's for the next hour, for the next half a day, a day, whatever it is, decide on a time frame and ask yourself, can I, for this next time frame, choose these six things? What is my life going to sing about? What is my mind going to ponder on? What is my character going to be? What are my eyes going to dwell on? What am I going to oppose? And who is going to minister to my life? God, right now, I just pray as we've gone through this passage that you would inspire us, instill in us the importance of our choices. And I pray just that we would begin to make these choices and, and Holy Spirit, you would reveal to us when we're making the wrong choice. I pray for each of us as we go through the rest of our day and week that you would do what only you can do. God, lead us and guide us in these choices. May our lives sing for your glory. May our thoughts ponder on only what is good. May our characters reflect you. May our visual diets honor you. May we oppose what you oppose, and may we only allow good godly voices to minister to us. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Have a phenomenal rest of your day, and we will catch up again at the next Coffee with Jesus.